I am just getting out of the train, heading home. One of those days, I didn't even get a haircut yet. Wow, hey, look at that! I, I, look, back I to back you. to back. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. We could we we could be vain together. So there we go. Why I'm excited talking to you, brother Lumiere, is uh-huh. you do something that I think is hilarious. You tell uh-huh. the stories of a father. Father, uh-huh. from the father's perspective. What made you get into this? Not the father thing. I, yeah. I, I'm pretty familiar how that goes out. Right. Putting your information out there like this. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, you know, it was just one of those things. I was trying to figure out what I could do on social media that really stood out. And I was trying other things, and it was just too time-consuming. It was too tedious, and it wasn't authentic to who I was. So I had to find something that I could do every day that I enjoyed doing and that was beneficial to other people. So I said, okay, let me just show what it's like in my life. You know, one day I'm hanging out on the red carpet with celebrities. The next day I have snot and all types of stuff hanging from my fingers from the kids. And it's just like, yeah, life doesn't stop regardless of who you are. The kids still need their time. They need their attention. They need you. So I try to show that the positive side of active fathers you know that there are a lot of fathers out here doing what they're supposed to do 365 days of the year and i just wanted to highlight that because we get a bad rap a lot of times but of course i had to put some humor on it because uh as a news anchor i'm always talking death and murder to uh, every day on the news so I, I needed something to a little levity in my life also so to that was it so i had fun and hopefully people will laugh and enjoy the uh shenanigans we put on hopefully they laugh i mean some of your videos have 900,000 views. Others have 1.2 million. I think they're laughing, brother. But you get a little gully. Also, 26 million on TikTok for some of them. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, you know, okay, I'm okay, just saying. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay, you know? okay, I'm not on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I believe in the hype with the TikTok thing, so I'm trying to avoid I don't want to get Chinese anymore information. Oh, yeah, you get sucked in. Yeah. I did. But... So 26 million views on TikTok. One of the ones that I saw that seemed to garner the most attention on Instagram was this just in, uh, your daughter wanted privacy. Yeah, I I start a lot of the news anchor dad skits off with this just in, like I would be doing on the news, and then I end it at details at 11. So that's a lot of fun to kind of get that uh, skit kind of a trademark thing that I got going on and that's a lot of fun somebody being loud over there sorry about that uh, so, um, one of the things I try to do with that is just bring some levity in a real situation that happened to me and happens to some friends of mine now my kids don't always have these things happen to them but uh, I just try to illustrate it because it has happened and it happens to a lot of people kids act up they slam a door they shut the door they say stay out of my room like they own the place and I'm like no we're not doing that in this house so I took the door off in the video and she's like that's not fair I'm like life is not fair so yeah a lot of real life scenarios that go down in my videos not always happening to my kids but i'm reflecting back on a lot of my childhood and what my brother sean and i went through (laughs) how do people respond to the because as an educator i'm telling you i have had many of the parents many of my parents oh they have taken the door off the hinges like for real many of my parents have taken the door off the hinges i've had parents pour water on a child 
who was asleep. I saw you, you, uh, you know, you spritzed them. Spray bottle, spray, <laughs> spray bottle. That's nicer. That's that's what my dad used to do to me. Wait, if you ain't wake up by the time that alarm went off, he'll come in and pour some water on you. So, yep, again, it happened to me. But spray bottle is a little nicer. <laughs> but so, so talk to me about how you see the challenges that you face as a dad. One, the way you were raised versus the way you want to raise your kids. Because I imagine some of the things are the same, but some you think, eh, maybe not so much. Yeah, a lot of the things in the the... I guess the mentality behind what we do are is the same from when I was raised, you know, raise them with a lot of love. If they get in trouble and they have punishment or consequences, explain to them why. It's one of the things my parents used to always do. After we got beat, like we stole something, they would come and explain to us, talk to us, tell us they still love us. It wasn't just an empty spanking. Now, we don't really spank our kids like that, but they do get punishment and do get in trouble, and we do explain to them why. Like, you know, my wife sometimes she'll haze the kids, and she'll be like, sit in the chair. And that's where you're, you know, sitting with your arms out in front of you. She's a delta. So she's sitting with, you know, you got to bend your knees 90 degrees, hold your hands out in front of you, and try to hold that position or do push-ups, you know, physical labor, stuff that will be calisthenics type stuff to get them active. Like, okay, you're going to learn some way. And sometimes taking away their devices doesn't always work, although, you know, sometimes that is the best thing. That, that Taking away devices uh, on the older kids will hurt them more than a spanking ever would. <laughs> so sometimes you know, that's that more effective. Right there, if you really want to get to a kid who's a teenager, you take his phone from him, it's like pouring water on a witch. Right. They they will melt down, yeah, for sure. So I think you just have to figure out what works for you, what works for your family, what works for your kids, and hopefully they won't have too high of a counseling bill when they get older. The therapist will be like, yo, parents did a number on you. I already know my kids are going to counseling, but they'll be going with a lot of love in their heart because they. one thing is for sure, they know they are loved. What do you think it is about the... the that you put out that really strikes a chord? I think a lot of times my segments and the skits that I do are just relatable. People understand. They get it. Like if you had to, you know, force to drink out the water hose when you were a kid. Some of the kids these days, they may not understand it, but their parents, the adults, they do. And then they can have a discussion with their kids and say, look at this. We used to have to do that. So it's relatable. It helps give parents ideas like, hey, I'm going to try that. You know, I'm going to try this. I try to, you know, bring up serious topics, but in a funny way because it's a little bit more digestible if you have a little humor to it. Otherwise, some people will be like, no, that's wrong. We're not doing that. Sometimes people do take my videos a little too seriously. Uh, and they say, that's why I had to do a part two to taking the door off. That's because all. people were saying, you taking away her privacy? You're teaching her, uh, you know, to let people control her life? I was like, she's 12. I think she'll be all right. And I'm her parent. I'm not saying every man should be able to talk to her or treat her like that. I'm saying these are the rules in my house. These are the expectations in my house. So, And I teach them. I tell them, you know, how other people should treat them. And I take them out to five-star restaurants and take my kids on dates so they know once they get with a little knucklehead how he's supposed to treat them. So, you know, people only see about 20% of my life. So even though I post every day, they see about 20% of my life on social media because we are just so busy and so crazy that it's always something going on and we just don't have time to film everything. <laughs> Do you think that parents are too soft these days? Totally. They, you know, this uh, soft parenting, nice parenting, whatever you want to call it. Parents are too afraid 
oh, I have to be best friends with my kids. No, you don't. You're not meant to be a best friend. They have best friends because they need parents. So there's a separation, a parent and a friend and a best friend. You need to have boundaries. You need to have set parameters for these kids. And I think a lot of times they are too soft because they're trying to be best friends. And that's when the kids end up cussing them out, running them over. And the, the kids become the parents making demands. We're not having that in my house. I'm old school. <laughs> so, so in your opinion, because I, I work with kids every day. Mm -hmm. and I see what goes right and I see what goes wrong. And do you feel like today's parents are more interested in being liked by their children now? I can't generalize and say all of them, but I believe a lot of parents are. They're more concerned about being liked and best friends with their kids than they are about raising them with some form of ethics and morals and rules and guidelines. You have to set – you have to – Train them up as they, you know, should do. Something about the Bible says something about train them up and as they should go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that you have to be abusive. I'm not saying you have to spank them. I'm saying they have to have consequences to their actions. If you don't teach them now, the world will teach them. And you don't want the world to teach them. The world have a is not rude awakening. Yeah, the rude awakening for a lot of these kids. Yeah. And my, my wife's a teacher, and she gets, you know, uh, she's a, pro, a college professor. And a lot of these kids are sadly entitled and think they have to get it this way, and they got to get it that way, and everything should be handed to them. No, you have to work hard. You have to be able to hold yourself up by your bootstraps and try to be successful. And everything being handed to you is not the way. Where do you think That's the why entitlement comes from? I think from the upbringing that their parents gave them what they wanted. They had, you know, comfortable lives and they got what they asked for and there weren't any boundaries set for them and they can just demand whatever they want. Even I tell my kids, they say, oh, we're rich. I was like, no, you have nothing. <laughs> I was like, I may have, I may have some money. I may, I may have a little bit of money, but that's not your money. Now, Unbeknownst to them, you know, we have college funds set up for them, so they will graduate and they will, they'll be able but, to go to college and different things. There, but, but, but stay there. What, you're, what I hear you saying is that that's not your earned identity. Right. Meaning, right. You don't you, automatically come into that just because your parents have that. You have to. My kids will all have jobs. They, they currently have jobs. Technically, they have jobs now at 12, 10, and 7. They work. They get allowance. They are learning responsibility and that life is not going to be handed to them, that they're going to have to work for it. And just because daddy's on TV and daddy does this red carpet and does certain things doesn't mean that you will always get to do that. You have to work for it. And I tell my kids, you know, if you want to come on the red carpet, then I'm going to make you interview somebody. You got to work for it. My daughter just interviewed Kelly Rowland the other day. And at the, the Little Mermaid. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, and she's all for it. So I was like, you know, she always says, I want to be I want to be a uh, celebrity. I want to be famous. Well, then this is what you got to do. We woke up early. We went from New York to L.A. to uh, Ann Arbor. No, this, where were we? Um, wherever Disneyland is. Um, down uh, hours south. Anaheim. Anaheim, thank you. Yeah, we went to Anaheim, and then we had to go back to L.A., and then we had to get ready and go to Stylist for the red carpet, and, and they were exhausted. I was like, this is what it's like. This is what it, it's not all smiles and glamour. You smile through the pain. You smile when you're tired, and you put on a show. That's what it's about. When you go on the red carpet, I'm exhausted half of the time just from everything it took to get to the red carpet. So I'm trying to teach them the work that it goes into 
you know, having almost 500,000 followers on TikTok or, you know, being on different television shows. It doesn't happen automatically. And yes, you may have some liberties because your dad is connected, but I'm going to make sure you also work for it. Yes, you may have an inside track, but you have to work for it. You have to earn it. I always tell my uh, students when I was a teacher that who you know may get you in the door, but what you know will keep you in the door. So, and I'm not going to put my name on somebody who I don't think is capable of doing the job, even if they are my own child. You, you take on the challenge uh, that was once owned by Cosby and others. Mm. I, do you feel a certain responsibility and fear of the, of the expectations put upon you? I don't know about fear, but I know it comes with the territory because someone's always going to have an opinion. Someone's mm -hmm. always going to be a critic. I have had people, you know, chase me down, you know, say stuff on, you know, get a hold of my phone number, get a hold of my email and, and say certain things that weren't polite to me. But, you know, I think it's clear for most normal people who are saying what I'm doing on my social media and when something is a joke and when something is serious and when we're just doing skits or, you know, when I'm really, you know, acting out of character or something, you know. So I believe it, what I do is doing more good than it is harm. So as long as I'm, you know, impacting lives and showing people that there are great fathers out here. And that's why I started my podcast, Daddy Duty 365. It's with celebrity dads talk about the good, the bad, and the funny of fatherhood because there are so many great dads out here and we get a bad rap, especially black dads. But studies show that black dads are more active and present in their children's lives than their counterparts. So all these stereotypes and misconceptions that are out there, I'm trying to debunk and show people that that's not always the case. What makes a great dad? I think just a dad that isn't afraid to love their kids, isn't afraid to show their kids that they are there for them 100%, that they are supportive of them, that they are present in their life. You have to be positively present in their lives. You can be present and sit on the couch drinking beers and watching TV all day and not have it, you know the positive impact that you need. But having a positive presence in their life, showing them you can be the poorest dad or you can be the richest dad. It doesn't matter. Showing the love to that child is what really matters. And letting them engage. What's that? What's that mean to you? Positively engage. What's that, means that, an that you're taking an active role in their life. My daughter has a choir um, event at school uh, shortly, so I'll be leaving. Right. So making sure I'm there cheering her on, you know, even I did a, a skit on uh, Instagram and TikTok about cheering for my daughter at her football game. And she's all embarrassed like Dad, Stop. You're embarrassing me. I was like, well, you're going to have to be embarrassed because one day you're going to appreciate the fact that I was here cheering for you and screaming and yelling. That's my baby. Go ahead, girl. So there's a lot of parents, a lot of kids that don't have parents to go there and root them on. I'm your biggest cheerleader. That's what positively present means. I'm going to be there for you to tell you I love you. I'm going to be there to make sure someone's cheering for you, even when the world And I'm always going to have your back no matter what. I can tell them, you may be wrong, but I'm still going to love you regardless. And regardless of what life you choose, regardless of what path you choose, I got your back. Do you, you feel like that's the challenge of, for many parents is their inability to to buttress the difference between 
cheering for you when you've earned it and correcting you when you've earned it? Mm. I do because <laughs> a lot of parents, I guess there is this, I saw a study, I can't really remember, but it was this whole study about the trophy parents, not th that they were always giving their kids trophies, like, regardless if they won, they lost, they didn't do good, and they, that is part of that entitlement we're talking about. Well, I am entitled to this because I participated. Okay, but there still has got to be winners and losers in life, and you have to know how to win gracefully and lose gracefully because it's not always going to be a win situation for you, and that is life. So I think when we give them a false narrative of what life is, that's when we get into some of those uh, misconceptions that they have of what the world is going to be like and the, also what that entitlement is. Well, I deserve a trophy. I deserve a paycheck because I showed up. I didn't do any work, but I showed up. No, that's not how life works. So I think... It is challenging for a lot of people to, because they just want to over love and helicopter their kids. And like, you have to let your kids fail. You have to let your kids have these disappointments in their life so you can teach them how to make it through that. Because, you know, so many people don't know how to handle disappointment, let down, you know, whatever negative situation happens in their life. Because sometimes their parents were so busy, you know, hovering over them, protecting them, making sure nothing bad happened, making sure they were always perfect, making sure the sun's always shining and everybody's smiling. Well, the reality of life is that's not how it is. And there's a difference between helicoptering over them to make sure none of that happens or they don't see it and letting that happen or seeing that happen and then embracing them and loving them through that pain and helping them come to the other side because there's a lot of things that these kids go through that we didn't have to go through but you know we have to find a way to love them through that the best way we can and sometimes that may be getting help for them getting professional help so they are able to you know understand what's happening if you don't know how to help them then get a professional that can help them who do you think the parents are protecting when they don't hold their children accountable? I think sometimes it's protecting their inner child, that they went through these pain and they went through something and they didn't have anybody there for them or they didn't appreciate the way their parents handled that situation. So they're like, oh, I'm going to make sure my kids never experience that pain. I'm going to make sure that never happens to my kid. But that also made you who you are today. It's almost like when parents do the extreme opposite like oh i was poor when i grew up so i'm going to shower my kids with everything and they're not going to want for anything well then there comes that entitlement and they think life's easy and they get everything they ask for because their parents will you know shower them with whatever they want and maybe they will continue to do that throughout their whole life but then when that kid's like 30 and you're like yo i'm gonna need you to move out at some point I'm like why i don't know how to survive on my own i i can't you've always provided for me so I think that's part of it, and that's totally understandable. I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers, but all I can do is try to get it right the best way I can. Well, I know that we don't want to hold you long because I definitely don't want to be the reason why you make another video about being late to something. But I, I, I do want to, as, as we come to a close, because this is really, this is really what dads who care do right they run from one thing to the other we spend so much time talking about what moms do dope awesome you're awesome moms who are doing it but dads do too and yeah we don't often have the emotional space to want
taught to be engaged in or acknowledged mm -hmm. almost from the time a child is born, right? Somebody takes them from the dad and says, hey, oh, you don't have to, that, don't put that diaper on that way. Like there's some sort of mm -hmm. PhD in diaper putting on her. So when you are sending these messages out, not just about fathers in general, which you clearly are doing, but black fathers in particular, what do you want people to take away? I think it's important to know, even if you aren't getting it right, that you're still can be, you still can be an awesome dad, that you're there. So just try, try to continue to be a dad, try to continue to be present, try to continue to love your children and don't be afraid to express that love and verbally tell them, I love you. You that are right there. Because right a lot there. of them, we didn't receive that a lot of times growing up. You know, our generation is like, you don't receive that from another man telling you, I love you. Like I kiss my kids. I tell my kids, I love them all the time because I want them to know. Because a lot of people, they don't know. A lot of people, I, grown men who I know say, I've never heard my dad or, you know, tell me, I love you. And that's why it's so difficult context, for them. Though. But sometimes yeah. it, it isn't. Some of us, we would hear our dad say, I love you. But it was part of an apology for the stupid thing that they had done. Sometimes through, through, yeah. through inebriation, like, you know, I love you and I would never do that. That's actually not yeah. the way love should not be same. Right, not right, right. Same. And then a lot of times we were taught not to show emotion got to be tough got to be strong be a man you know book up you know so they feel like there is a weakness with that and i am against that and totally believe the opposite that you're stronger because you can love and that shows that you are stronger to be able to say those words to someone else that you don't have to have a fear about your sexuality or your manhood or anything like that that you are just showing this person this being that you help bring into this world why would you not tell them that you love them? You help create them. Well, so, but it's hard for many, some people. Yeah, in many ways, to be man is to be less than human, both as a word mm -hmm. and in action. And so, mm -hmm. what I hear you doing what I see you doing is mm -hmm. saying expanding what it means to be a man to include being human, to feel, right. and to kiss your kids, and to say, "I kiss my kids." And yeah. it's not sexualized. I love my daughters. I heard you mention that you take them on a date, looking mm -hmm. to set the bar for them as to what they should expect from people who come into their lives, both as a partner yeah. and as a as a friend. Yeah, totally. That you have it. You have it correct. And hopefully, I'll be able to continue doing that. Continue to show examples that you know I may not be perfect, but I'm going to try my best, and I'm going to be positively present in my kids' life every single day that I can. I think that I think that the notion of perfection has been played uh, uh, to uh, to our demise. The notion that someone always has the answer, um, and they don't. I, I'll tell you, I recently had a conversation with my oldest son, who's a junior. Well, now he's a senior. He just finished his senior, junior year in college. He's finishing his – he's going into his senior year, and he mentioned how he was able to – to garner a piece of empathy from something he learned in college because he acknowledged that I, this is my first time being a dad. Mm, so wow. what you have to look forward to mm -hmm. and to be challenged by is there will come a time when these young people who you're raising will reflect what it is that you poured into them, like a pond. Mm. Children are like water. Well, Sometimes they're beautiful and placid, 
and then sometimes uh-huh. they're pretty damn destructive. Uh, yeah, most of the time. My wife says these uh, ungrateful children, they don't appreciate nothing. I was like, well, the sooner you understand that they may not appreciate it or thank you or show gratitude for many years to come, the easier off you can be. Just do. One, when they, one day when they're changing your diapers, then you'll know that you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like ending on adult diaper changing. Is there anything that you want to uh, plug, you want to let folks know about? Uh, I, I appreciate your work, but I just want to give you the opportunity to let folks know some of the things you're working uh-huh. on. Thank you. Yes, please, of course, follow me, first of all, on all social media platforms at Mr. Shannon Lanier. Sometimes the stuff on TikTok and Instagram are different. But also, we just started a family YouTube page, and it's called Lanier Family. So follow the Lanier Family on YouTube. Make sure it's my face. Uh, We have a lot of fun there. My daughter and I, we do something called... um, hair talk where we do hair i do her hair and we talk about issues that could be affecting you and your kids and so you kind of could be a fly on the wall to what some of the kids these days are thinking or going through and also don't forget i'm on cheddar news every single day cheddar news just like the cheese cheddar (laughs) all your money in your pocketbook and it's more of a we do several shows where we really focus around the finances, helping people with their money, as well as tech and innovation. But my new show that just started is called Be Well. And Be Well is all about your mental, physical, emotional, and financial health. So everything involving health and wellness in your life, we take a holistic approach to that on Be Well. And it airs both on Cheddar News as well as uh, New York, what is it, uh, News 12 in the New York, Connecticut New Jersey tri-state area. So there's News 12. So if you're familiar with News 12, you know where you can find us on Cheddar News and News 12. It's called Be Well. Definitely check it out. And I'll see you guys on social media. Make sure you holler at your boy. Thank you so much, man. I'm hoping that y'all are the new Proud family. I'd love to see you have your own cartoon or animated series. I think it'd be super dope. For your I appreciate you, That's the God's ears. Amen. Amen. Hey, 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 that. You take good care of yourself. Thank you for putting out some positivity. We appreciate you. All right. We celebrate you. All right, y'all be blessed. All right. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.